Welcome to the Alien Pro Podcast. With scarcely more than a dozen sightings for July 10th, the UFO wave of 1947 had almost completely subsided. Few, if any, of the reports were carried by the wire services. Concentrations of reports had broken up, although there were four sightings apiece for Colorado and Washington. Most of the reports for that day still came from the western states, with two in Idaho and one each in Arizona and New Mexico. I'm Doug, and joining me today again is Dr. Bill. Bill, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Are you uh, living the dream? with technology. Are you I'm living the dream? With techno- I, I am living the dream, but I'm also struggling with technology. You know, like, with the technology, we're, 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 yeah, we're trying to get this going on video and YouTube. My side's I'm having difficult caps, but I'm, we're working on it. We'll get it. We'll get it done. We're going to take, you know, we're going to be sporadic over the last next couple months trying to get Sp- things together. Sporadic. Sporadic. Um, I like that word. And I'm yeah. And I'm going to try and do some little snippets of things. So we'll oh, good. try and keep yeah, the we'll those up. Keep, keep the, it rolling. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Probably hear from Deb. Deb, Deb will come on. We got some uh, Black Eyed Kids continuation to do, and uh, maybe uh, Kevin Modesto or Mopar Kevin can come up and do the lizard, lizard. the lizard people, yeah, in, in the government. Also, but that my, uh, what I just read was from the 1947. Um, who's Blutchard UFO report 1940 report on the UFO wave of 1947 by Ted Blucher with an introduction by James E. McDonald 1967 and it was an updated in 2005 and it's from NICAP.org I was um, wondering oh one of the reasons that I think this report came out in 1967 was because of the um um, Conway study, which was, oh, I can't touch this stuff. All right. Uh, oh, it's not here. It's on the other side of the bookshelf, of course. Screw it. Um, yeah. Hello. Hey, who, who, hey. who are you? <laughs> this thing is, this who report, are you? What are you this, doing? This report is so, who are you? Where, where am I? Who am I? This report is so long, and then I just got to, I don't have it smart on the um, PDFs with bookmarks. I got it on paper, which I'm going through. Hey, uh, did you see that the Congress has, the House has finalized the National Defense Authorization Act, and in there is a large, or is is an amendment which uh, specifically lays out that the government is to coordinate, investigate, and report on UAPs, along with scientific studies, study medical what, things. Hmm? What, what's it called? Is it another branch of service, like the Army and the Air Force? Well, there, no, this is, sub- this is under the, um, I think it's the DOJ, but they're involving a bunch oh, really? of, yeah, the, the Department of Energy is supposed to be involved, the DOJ, National Atmospheric and Oceanatic uh, Organization, some other ones. It's it's pretty detailed, and and I mean it's a full blown uh, amendment that says that the DOJ and stuff is to investigate, scientifically coordinate, and report to Congress in classified and unclassified reports on UAPs. I mean, it's a full. It's it's bigger than, bigger than Blue Book. And yeah, but the more, in my experience, the more agencies that get involved, the less cooperation and communication. Hopefully, they fix that because we know in the past that's been a problem. Well, one of the things they, they don't talk to each other. Yeah, one of the things. Yeah, that's that's probably going to happen. One of the things that uh, they have in here. I found what I was looking for. One of the things that they have in the report is they want to specifically have Congress say what 
agencies and organizations are com communicating with each other. So they'll have like a list of whatever. But it's a full-blown, um, extremely well-written amendment to the Defense Act that says uh, that is a very serious telling the DOJ to take this stuff seriously, investigate it seriously. Uh, they'll be, have a budget. The organizations are supposed to coordinate with each other, and they're supposed to report to Congress. So there'll be a report out next year, the first report, I think, next year. And there'll be... Well, hopefully we'll... Hopefully we'll get more than we got on the last report, which was nothing. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, really. that looks like it might happen, because it says it's supposed to have a uh, classified and unclassified um, component to it. And I got all this information because I watched uh, Chris Lato's YouTube page, and he went through it almost point by point. And he's, he's got a really good YouTube page, um, YouTube site or whatever. So this report... Well, we're, hope we're hopeful. <clears throat> yeah. So this report, the 1947 report on the, the wave of 1947, was done in response to um, the... Who was paying for it? I guess Congress created a grant that went to the University of Colorado for... It gave them... This was uh, Dr. Dr. Edward U. Condon, the Colorado Project, as it has been called, to conclusively probe um, UFOs. And they were given half a million dollars, which I did an inflation adjustment calculation, was equivalent of $4.3 million for this university to investigate UFOs. And of course, they came up with the resort report that, uh, no, there's nothing there. So... But now here we are, and this was uh, this the '47 report, which was written in 1967, uh, keeps talking about it being 20 years later, and now it's 70 years later, and um, Congress is doing it doing it officially, and I'm wondering if it's because they're afraid of competition from uh, like like the Galileo Project at Harvard. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, that's 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 in the news. Yeah, that's interesting because you know we maybe Galileo did have an effect on their decision, but it's you know again we're all just these things are flying around, and are they even manned or aliened or whatever they are flying around, and are they drones and have we found? I mean, if they want to really get to what we're where we're at i mean we do we not have any pieces of ufo at right patterson or area 51 why can't we just say we have if you really want to make an impact we have the evidence we have the alien bodies we have the spacecraft pieces here they are we don't we're still studying them um and like you said maybe it's a patent thing or something i don't know that's it would be weird but oh uh, anything possible well this guy chris lato who was 20 years in the air force with uh, an f-16 fighter pilot his opinion is he was saying that the these or agencies and organizations they don't want to give up their secrets they just why uh, it's knowledge is, I guess knowledge is a secret because yeah. it's a secret. That's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, we have the secret. We're special. Say that it's a secret. It's we're it special. Be, it won't have anything to do if we tell everybody all our secrets. <laughs> we don't want to lose our job. What will we do if they don't know our secrets? <laughs> so we, everybody's got all these secrets and everybody's got all this material and nobody's really giving us what we need to know you know which is hopefully that what we've been talking about the, the legislation that's coming about hopefully it'll be able to tell us what something i mean i'm not asking you know you don't need to you know have a ufo land on the lawn of the white house or anything just give us a piece of yeah we found this it's Ros i don't know if they want to say we covered up roswell you know now it's like they screwed themselves because 
well, we do have the Roswell pieces, and we look like we're trying to hide something, which we were. <laughs> what with, with, with Roswell? Oh, this this report too is interesting because it's it's Roswell is a hoax. Um, Maury Island is a hoax, and that's um, I don't know. Maury Island's weird. We talked about that. And it's just yeah. the more you look into it, the weirder it is. Maury Island's huge, and the you know the connection with the JFK assassination. Oh, with Chrisman. Um, yeah, with Chrisman, and um, you know it's it, well, you know we're gonna we beat that one to death, but it's you know there is what's what is happening. I mean, if you read through these, I kind of connected a few of them to the, you know, the more exciting, you know, the Roswell, the dates. So the dates of these, as compared to the dates of the Roswell sighting as a date to the Maury Island sighting as a date to the Kenneth Arnold sighting. These are the more um, outstanding and, um, you know, highlighted events. So I'm looking at the dates on these and, um, you know, comparing them. Okay, well, they saw, you know, Maury Island on this date. This is a date that's this. And these events are well documented. I've never seen anything as well documented and that just one year they're talking about. And I mean, in this 1947 in wave? In the 47, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a, this is amazing. Well, they've, they yeah. qu- in this report, they quoted um, the report on unidentified flying objects. And in chapter... The Era of Confusion Begins... And they said, uh, and Ruppelt says, by the end of July 1947, the UFO security lid was down tight. The few members of the press who did inquire about what the Air Force was doing got the same treatment that you would get today if you inquired about the number of thermonuclear weapons stockpiled in the U.S. atomic arsenal. No one outside of a few high-ranking officers in the Pentagon knew what the people in the barbed wire enclosed Quonset huts that housed the A- TIC Air Technical Intelligence Center were thinking or doing. The memos and correspondence that Project Blue Buck inherited from the old UFO projects told the story of the early flying saucer era. So this is when Ruppelt was there and he was going through the old files when he finally was able to take over. And he says, these memos and pieces of correspondence show that the UFO situation was considered to be serious, in fact, very serious. The paperwork of that period also indicated the confusion that surrounded the investigation. Confusion almost to the point of panic. The brass wanted an answer quickly, and people were taking off in all directions. Everyone's theory was as good as the next, and each person with any weight at ATIC was plugging, investigating, and investigating his own theory. So, yeah, so this was just, this was a crazy time with, you know, 850 sightings in one year. Yeah, it's difficult to figure out what, you know, there's still, as we talked about before, there's there's still sightings. If you look at MUFON, there's still sightings. Every month we get a report from them about, from all over the world, you know, mostly, you know, because the U.S. is because we can gather that more readily. I think there's more um, sightings in other countries but that's really not their focus you know as much as a nutty u.s is you know we're we want to know yeah well um, you know what's going on here yeah i got a question does the ufon report did they go into detail like where the sightings are and the times and dates and all that stuff yeah all you have access when you're in mufon i have to look to see because i just joined last year about this time so i'm gonna make sure i might I probably had auto renewal or something. Yeah. But, um, the, um, yeah, you can go and look at any report. Okay. I, at the beginning, we read one of the things we did, which was kind of dry, but we read the some of the reports off of MUFON. Uh, the one that Brandon, uh, Brandon, the, um, the episode Brandon and I did. We you were um, outlined. We had just kind of read down some of the the MUFON sites. They were very boring. Yeah. I since that. There was no nothing of that you could grasp on. It was it was like when I talked to the guy last weekend at the craft show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I, you know, yeah, I saw you. His wife, he saw a UFO. 
in uh, in the sixties. Yeah, you know? and um, yeah, it's it's like if you talk to people, they you know they will tell you some different things. I much to the chagrin of my wife when we're out and about because I'll wear the shirt, the UFO shirt, and people are like, "Oh, I like your shirt." Hey, some you of these. You, you, yeah, some of these sightings, though, in 67 are pretty interesting. I saw one, I was just leaping through them, and there was one in San Leandro, which caught my eye, where the the entire San Leandro, we, you, this reminded me of that, because the guy that you talked to said he saw one in San Leandro in the 60s. Yep, yep. And this report was the entire San Leandro Police Department saw six UFOs flying around. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't mark it. So, um, but yeah, the reports in this are pretty, pretty remarkable. Well, yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how dry the ones are on Mufon, but I was looking at some of these. They weren't that dry. They don't look as juicy as these. I mean, you read them; they're a sterile, just facts. a sterile report. Very sterile. You know, just this is the facts. You too can be a MUFON investigator for a small fee to learn you too. how to process. <laughs> if you would too. like to become a MUFON investigator, I was considering doing it. You know, signing yeah. up for it. I mean, I maybe. Why not? There, there's an online. There's an online course. It's one, and then you can get a printed copy. And I just do it online. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. And just be a MUFON investigator. I don't know. They have MUFON. I don't know if they have. They have meetings all over the place because they're kind of like AA. You've got like move on. <laughs> you got so, them all over the place. So, yeah, if you need to go to a meeting, so are the meetings are the meetings to convince you not to believe in? That's, yeah, I don't. Like, yeah, like, it's, yeah. <clears throat> Were you drinking while you saw that? I don't know. So, you know, I'd like to go to a meeting. You know, uh, just kind of check out what goes on in in my you area. You I'm, should. You know, it might be interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely something to do in the winter. Um, but it's uh, it might be good to be involved. It might give us, you know, a little more depth as to what is happening. They've got their symposium on July seventh in um, Las Vegas. Good old Las Vegas. Oh, next I year, think it's July seventh. Yeah, in twenty twenty two, we can. Yeah. You know. Oh, you might, should. You know, um, I don't know. You will. We might be able to coordinate. You were thinking about that road trip. That other thing, we might yeah. be able to do that. It's Vegas. We're talking about Area 51. I mean, it's not, they're all kind of in the vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively, but that's kind of hot in July. <laughs> yeah. That's a little, that's like peak hot. In July in Las Vegas. Well, we're going to be inside for that. Anything else we do is going to be very hot. Yeah. It's going to be very um, hot. Very hot. It'll be interesting, though. So yeah, I was reading through a lot of these reports, and it was, they, they are juicy. I will say, as, you know, as as good as I've read in one publication, I would have to say. Well, they could find what I what I read before was like when this report first came out in 1967. Roswell wasn't even in it, and so that's been oh that was added in the I think the 2005 update. But they say it's a hoax, right? Is yeah. It, are they it's under the hoax yeah. section? I can go to the yeah. beginning. I think that's at the beginning. But um, yeah, I can't verify that. But that's just what I've read. So this is 2005. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they wouldn't. You know, the Army Air Corps wouldn't send a special detachment with the remains of a balloon to Wright Patterson. I just yeah. that's all I'm going to say about it. That's just. You know, I, yeah. Here, make sure you get these balloon pieces on here. Um, yeah, and then they know, yeah. make any sense. And the Maury Island thing was is real interesting. Uh, I have a, I have the a rebuttal by Ray Palmer, who was the guy that sent Arnold to investigate Maury Island. Maury Island's weird, and then yeah. Yeah, so some, he's the publication that weird. he he's the editor of um, at that time. I can't even remember what magazine it was. He did Flying Saucer magazine, and um, which I have, I can't reach it's over there. And um, I don't remember what he was publishing at the time. It might have been Fate magazine, the first issue of Fate magazine. Ray Palmer. Yeah. 
was running that magazine for a while and then um and then he sold it or you know was you know went off on his own or whatever i'm not sure what the detail is i think he was like part owner and he sold it off to the people that then ran it for the next 20 30 years but he was only involved with like the first eight issues but he um he he's he's an interesting guy he insists that it's, it wasn't a fake, and he's very critical of like the like Rupelt saying that it was a hoax. And oh, really? Yeah, and he was. Uh, it's it's all that he. Um, it's what he could do. Let me go grab that real quick. Okay, no problem. All right, I got it here. So, yeah, I have an old copy of Flying Saucer, the magazine of Space Conquest from December nineteen fifty eight. And he, uh, he really slams Rupelt, but then Rupelt was only alive for a little while longer. He's asking Rupelt to comment, which of course he didn't do. Yeah. Oh, and he wrote an article called The Truth About Rupelt, about the book, about Rupelt's book. He said, in the absence of uh, something, let it be the axiomatic that Mr. Rubelt is with blah, blah, blah. Okay. He asked that, um, he says he's, uh, Russell Gallery published, which for which published, according to his statements are provable, libelous, and damaging, and character assassination because of the lack of proof. However, because it has become vitally important that the truth be known about the flying saucers, that military and government secrecy and suppression and censorship of public information, not only in this category, but in all business of self-government that is properly that of the American people, be done away with in the practice of deceit, distortion of news, stifling of the press, misinformation in place of information, and in many instances... The Schmidt sanity incarceration is a case in point. That's interesting. Actually, persecution and violation of a citizen's rights, and because of the forgotten caution of our forefathers that an informed public is a free public, it has now become necessary that this editor demand that Mr. Rupelt do one of two things. Either prove that he has said in his book by presenting that proof for publicationist magazine, or use these pages to present his public apology and state that the passages we shall quote in this article have taken from, from his book are falsehoods. So he took exception with Rupelt saying that it was a, was a hoax. Uh, it's definitely weird. Maury Island is weird. And, uh, and it ties in with the JFK assassination, which is absolutely crazy with Chrisman. Yeah. There, yeah, that, that is, is nuts. And it was the first sighting of the Men in Black. It's absolutely that's just that's just crazy, just absolutely crazy. So this report I saw it does characterizations of stuff. It says patterns and appearances, appearance and behavior. It's like loose formations. The way they describe is a more loose and. Lucid, more favorable way when they when they describe they're more real they seem more real because they're not sterile oh these rep know? these reports they're, oh just yeah, like yeah. yeah but a lot of them a lot of them are flying in formation i mean the things we've heard like are they fly you know six or seven in formation they look they don't look like they're kind of they're saucers but they're saucers with a I guess you you could say with a bite taken out of them, they were just yeah. kind of a, a not complete saucer. Uh, some of the reports, I noticed a couple of the reports said as they and they flew as low as 400, just really. Um, 400 feet? But they were far away. Yeah, they said they, some of them were like 400 feet. Not like, they said 400 feet. Up. Some people don't have a sense of <laughs> height, um, but uh, that's pretty low. They and um, then when they turned sideways, they were really thin. Said mm -hmm. you know, on, on a couple of them, which you know I don't know how if the thing's landing in front, then that would be. So, um, did you want to do a word from your sponsor? Yes, we better do a word from our sponsor, Ryan BCS. Do you own a business and take credit cards for payments? Are your fees higher than you'd like? Not sure. Want to find out? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, 
check out Orion Bank Card Services. So visit orionbcs.com and let them begin the process of toward saving you money to help you realize your financial goals. Once again, visit orionbcs.com and contact them today. All programs of Orion BCS are subject to terms and conditions. Visit orionbcs.com for more details. Thank you, Orion. And, and thank you for the reminder. Yes. Uh, so, um, I was just going through these reports. I mean, it's yeah. just amazing. They have um, V and triangular formations. Um, so, oh, I'm going to bang around here. Called her husband's attention. In touch with. Well, they had him in Baker's. It's funny the California Baker, side. Yeah, yeah I was looking was at in that. Auburn, Jacks, uh, Bakersfield. Yeah. yeah, Bakersfield veteran flyer, stunt pilot, lying on his lawn and Baker sunbathing <laughs> about noon. Saw ten flat circular objects flying overhead in a northerly northerly direction. Nine yeah, of these objects formation. were in a V formation. Yeah, trailing along the rear. Sounds okay. Probably the he said they they were probably in the Navy's experimental plane, the XF five U one or flying flapjack. Not the stupid flying flapjack. Yeah, I can't. It was nothing. <laughs> a formation of flapjacks. Yeah. Do they build more than one? <laughs> they only build a couple. But but There's in the, one somewhere we're gonna have to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, I, didn't fly that well. Uh, and there's you know. that report in uh, Ruppelt's book where they found one on a beach. Yeah, it just it fell off something. It cra that, it landed in that, the water. And that is bizarre. That It'd be is nice to find. It'd yeah, nice find. yeah. It's just absolutely bizarre. I, Redlands. I, I wouldn't give it back to the military. I'd yeah, put <laughs> my garage. Tow it into my barn. <laughs> Redlands, California. Yeah. Bread truck driver. Bread truck driver. These are triangular formations. H. J. Stell. This is what I like about this is that they they're, you know, they're oh these are since they're newspaper reports they they have people's names and stuff in it with the Project Blue Book they do a lot of uh, removing names especially military yeah. personnel. Uh, reported they'd seen eight disc shaped objects at six twelve a.m. PSD and was making his as he was making his deliveries swishing overhead in a southwesterly hurry like a happy little group. Hey, what was that story that you told where you were leaving real early for work and you saw something? Was it a big flash or something? Yeah, it was a gigantic flash. I mean, it, it was 3 o'clock in, in the morning. Um, was it? And was there a thunderstorm or it's just? No, it was clear. It was a, I think it was a meteor that hmm. just disintegrated in the atmosphere. I mean, that was my thought. I looked at the news all the afternoon after I got back from work, and um, I saw nothing. Okay. Um, there was no mention of it. There was no. Looked at the internet. There wasn't any. There wasn't any indication of what this was. But I think it was. It was in two thousand and nine. Okay. Uh, two thousand ten, something like that. Hey, I, I don't know what. I don't know. Yeah, you suggested that I take a look at that volcano and UFOs documentary did you watch that what did yeah i watched that the amazon the one on amazon yeah yeah i checked it what out did, what did you think what did you think of that i don't think i didn't think it was very good i mean the um most of the one or two of the videos they showed could be something but the rest of the videos i would say were satellites or meteors or airplanes and we don't know the um, I was thinking about the the yeah you don't know the orientation they didn't do any research on on the possibility that they could be these things they go oh well you know it's a no fly zone because of the the um, volcano right. volcano but I've noticed that when they were doing it they were like com doing a side by side comparison between two cameras and one was um, infrared and you could see all these stars and the other one you couldn't see stars. And the object was as was at the same sort of magnitude as the stars, so I think it could want that. In that case, it could have been a satellite or something. Yeah. I didn't find one one video where the object was moving around a volcano and actually stopped and went behind clouds and stuff. 
that one's a definite maybe. And then there was um, uh, the photograph that the the news reporter took, that a spectacular photo photograph that the news reporter took with uh, objects swooping in to the um, volcano. Yeah, that was intriguing. And uh, I think those two, I would say, were possibilities. The rest of them, it's just you can't. I mean, they're they're relying on people watching thousands of hours of volcano images. Yeah, because they, yeah, they placed the cameras on there. I mean, yeah. I remember Mount Saint Helens? They actually had they put when that thing blew up. They had cameras placed around. And yeah. I think you know if they could extract. I don't know why they're going into volcanoes. I still maintain my, you know, hollow, hollow earth <laughs> theory that they're coming in from the inside the earth and have been here for, they're not just showing up okay. on their flight, flight schedule from Zeta Reticuli, maybe, but yeah. I think they're from, my theory is they're from, they've been here and now they're afraid that we're going to blow the frick, they're going to blow their planet up. Well, that's actually, you know, that, that hypothesis actually fits in with um, Avi Leo, the guy that's running Galileo Project at Harvard. His, his hypothesis is that it's um, alien technology that's been here and is observing us. That's the speculation. So that fits in with, I mean, with what you're saying. Yeah. And we currently have a, a basis of knowledge that can offer explanations for how that could happen, where before we didn't. Like AI and uh, self-replicating machines and that sort of thing. Well, they, they're hiding a lot of it in the Antarctic. See the Antarctic. I don't know if it's the North Pole or South Pole, um, but they're you know. And you remember the? I know you know the story of the Nazis had tried to put a base in there. They yes. came in in mass, yes. and this flying saucer shot out of this cavern and cut ships in half. Yes, I don't know what that's all about because there's no probably no evidence in um, if there was maybe it's too cold or frozen i don't know i don't think it's in this flying saucer magazine that i have from the 50s um but ray palmer actually published maybe in the 60s or 70s there was these satellite photos which were pieced together uh, showing the earth and it looked like the earth had a big hole in the um arctic region oh yeah and he that's, was, i saw that on ancient Age the big hole yeah and then he was where... saying uh he was saying well you know the earth might actually be shaped like a donut like a swirled donut so it actually swirls right. down at the thing i mean i thought it was cool but um well yeah, the story I don't know. on the ancient ancient aliens was that the there was an air force pilot that it's a no-fly zone over this thing and they ended up going for some reason they had to something happened and they had to fly over this area and then they flew over it and said the things like got this gigantic hole and they didn't see anything coming in or out. Said, you know, you fly easily fly. So where was the hole? On the Antarctic somewhere. Antarctic. Okay. Exactly where. Yeah. You know, I... and it had a, it had, it had the, it had the coordinates and everything. I should just Google earth. I see it myself, but you know, it's a, uh, it's an interesting story. I mean, you know, and plus, it's melting, right? I mean, the ice caps are melting. We're in that cycle where, you know, it's going to, you know, I, I know they're melting because I see that the, the shows on TV, the commercials asking for money because the polar bears don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, the poor polar yeah. bears. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. I, 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 yeah. Apparently, though, they're melting so badly that the, um, the Russians were surprised by um, the freeze this this year, and they have like a dozen ships that are stuck because the Arctic froze quicker than they were anticipating. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> sucks for them. Yeah. So I don't know. I I have I um I don't have enough data to even make an opinion on this stuff on the, the climate stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, you're more facts. I'm kind of fantasy. Yeah, I'm a fantasy type of guy. I just know that I'm a fantasy type of person. I like a fantasy. A fantasy. So this is a yeah. Hey, hey, hey everybody, everybody hello. loves a fan. Hello. Um, so I'm looking at straight line formations, and here's one, July 5th, 1947, Auburn, California. 
automobile salesman in Alameda and a former Navy pilot for five years reported that he and a group of 50 other witnesses watched a triangular formation of disc-like objects near Auburn. That's up near you. Yeah, that is. Um, uh, it's Ka on the way to Reno off Highway 80. Caval said that the disc, that's the guy's name, is Chell Caval, said the disc seen directly over appeared to be made of metal and looked like bright silver. He added that the round outline was clearly distinguishable. The objects were in view for three to four minutes. I've seen a lot of airplanes, and these were not airplanes. The only clue I could get as to the height, size, and speed was the fact that they disappeared one at a time, high in the sky and not over the horizon. This effect would be caused if they were very, very large and very high and flying at terrific speed. Cavale was one of the very few UFO witnesses in 1947 who openly expressed the opinion that the objects seen could have been spaceships. Hey, I've been listening to a podcast called Wild Thing that came out a few years ago. And it's uh, yeah. this lady that is related to uh, this guy, he's not alive anymore, that was a preeminent Bigfoot researcher up in Washington State. And then she does a second season on UFOs and stuff. But the UF, the Bigfoot stuff is pretty darn good. But one of the, I've only listened to two episodes. But one of the things they were questioning was the um, uh, lack of photos, since everybody has cameras and stuff. So they're, yeah. they're going through that scenario. Yeah, everybody's got cameras. But she made a good point. Is they she was talking to some guy, and the guy. Um, was uh, this was uh, I think he's a uh, one of the UFO not UFO one of the Bigfoot researchers currently I can't remember where he's based out of and he was at a talk and this guy got great photos of wolverines and this guy's he's a he's a scientist at a university who who part of his studies are also Bigfoot and he went up to the guy after his talk and he said you're you're um, he goes how did you get these really good Wolverine photos? Because it's so hard to, to photograph Wolverines in the wild. And the guy goes, oh, well, you caught me. He goes, you know that one photo with the brown splotch far away? He goes, that's the only photo I have of a Wolverine in the wild. He goes, the rest of them I went to like a zoo and took pictures. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, then there, and then she told another story of this other guy that was... Um, um, trying to, he went to Yellowstone. He had a week, and he was trying to get photos of wolves in the wild. And he he couldn't get him, couldn't get the photos. I mean, this is you know the guys that got the giant telephoto lenses and the, and he couldn't get photos of uh, wolves. So he went to a, like a petting zoo, and took pictures of wolves. So she she threw this out as petting zoo. Yeah. Yeah, wolf petting zoo. I'm gonna pet the wolf, and I'm petting a wolf. Yeah. So she threw that you, you have a wolf. She threw this. <laughs> she threw this out as why um, people can't get good photographs of Bigfoot. But I think this is also true as we've experienced trying to get photographs just of airplanes, um, decent photographs of airplanes. Um, why well, Bill, I've got I've got two words. Yes, uh, they're called. It's called game cameras. <laughs> it's um, like if you want, yeah, don't those things get activated? I mean, yeah. if you think Bigfoot's in this area, set up a bunch of game cameras. I don't think they're intuitive enough. I don't think. No, I don't think they are. Oh, I'm gonna crush this game camera. It's got a picture of me. That is actually a good um, point too. So I don't know. I mean, if you put it up, um, I don't know. That's actually a really good point. Game cameras are. Um, um, yeah, or a big big it's deal. Not, I'm not sold on Bigfoot simply because. Have you ever watched one of those <laughs> Bigfoot movies? No. Chasing Bigfoot. I think it's actually called Chasing Bigfoot. And they so I'll, I I suffered through an episode of one, and they they walk around, and what they do is they listen, and then they clack rocks together. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> this nice. is what they. This is what Bigfoot does, and they're if you want to clack, and then you wait. And hear if any other clock because that's how they communicate. Okay. And um, yeah, so it's really hokey. I mean, really hokey. 
Well, um, I, I got to say, like that volcano UFO thing, the production values were, were yeah. sort of low and weird, although they did have some interesting stuff. And they were interviewing that guy, and it's like there was this guy that's a lobbyist, UFO lobbyist, and it's like I couldn't even figure out why they were u- interviewing him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't. I, so they just it, threw it in there. Yeah, it was yeah. seemed to be filler to try and get the time out. But yeah, speaking of low production values, as we're. As our production, yeah. It, it, uh, the only reason I sent it to you is because it goes into my theory that you know. You oh, the the earth, the earth thing, um, and yeah. a couple of the couple, and I, I agree with you. A couple of them were. There was the one where it kind of disappeared into the. I don't know if you saw it. It kind of disappeared into like in front of the volcano, not in it. Yeah, but it like and it and that could have been it. Things that made that happen, but that, it was weird. I mean, that know, I it, would. That, in. Yeah. that I would say was a bug on the camera lens. Yeah, yeah. could be. Yeah, but me, it was to, it, intriguing. Yeah, that Never one I, I didn't I didn't believe because it just looked like it looked to me like it was a bug and then it just flew off of the lens. It walked down and then it flew off. That's why it disappeared. It's just <laughs> it's like a no, fly. it's yeah. a fly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they say that's a UFO. It's a UFO. The uh, there was actually a video I saw. Um, that guy that debunks these things. Uh, he had one video, and it showed if people thought it was a UFO, and it was a fly, just flying across. Yeah. So. Well, they were. If there's flies, and there's this seagull. You know, people take a quick like we talked about. We it's hard for us to take a picture. You know, maybe your new camera is going to be able to. You know, my do new it. camera. Mine. Your new your new phone camera? No, I mean it's good, but it's not that good. I you have know, a better it camera. It looks like a blurry seagull. You know, a couple of taken pictures of this is a blurry seagull. They people say it's a UFO. Yeah, they um no. the people people overestimate the ability of people to take photos, and they overestimate the ability of the cameras. There yeah. are good. There are really good photos out there. There is. Um, there is the one photo that um, the Condon Committee couldn't find an explanation for after extensive analysis. And I can say which one that is. Because I have the, now that I have my bookshelf where I can reach it. Um, and yeah, if I can find it in this book. But there is um, there are a few compelling ufo photos out there and that you cannot just explain away well but, i mean they've got it on gun camera and it you know and a you know a hornet you know super hornet yeah you know that took with that that was oh yeah was old that was old like 2014 did you realize that how yeah. old that is yeah and they're still i mean and, we uh, still they're still it's like yeah I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. The uh, the one picture was by uh, Paul, Mrs. Paul Trent, who was feeding rabbits in her backyard. This is May 11, 1950. She saw a huge metallic disc gliding silently through the overcast sky. Called her husband. He took a photo. And this looks like a you know the the flying saucer with the flat bottom and the little tower on the top. Yeah, the and, little. Like the little periscope looking thing. Yeah. Is and the, that one? the Condon report said the simplest, most direct interpretation of the photographs confirmed precisely what the witness say they saw. It's interesting because the these this couple, I mean, they're just a you know, couple farmers on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Where are they? Oregon. McMinville, Oregon. And they had actually bought the camera because they had been seeing UFOs. They've been seeing weird things. So they bought a camera. Just, just for that. Huh? Just for that. And they got a photo. And it's the one, it's one photo. I think there's more than that. Where it's been extensively analyzed and investigated. And all they can say is that, yeah, it looks like they photographed this. And it's not a fake. They didn't want to make any money out of it. They didn't want any press out of it. Although they got a lot, they got press out of it. Yeah, and it's like that guy in Italy that I talked about with the. Uh, I gotta find those photos. The guy that took pictures of, on a glacier of, of a UFO with like oh. a robot guy walking around, and he got hammered for it. And it was, yes. uh, yeah, maybe didn't it he was, have a flying saucer? Yeah, UFO also didn't he? 
It was a flying saucer with a little little man. It looked right out of looked like it was right out of a Disney movie. And uh, the guy, the guy lost his job. I mean, his life was ruined over it because he he that is so dumb. Yeah, a newspaper said, "Hey, yeah. can we publish?" He goes, "Yeah, you can publish it." And then his life was ruined. And that's uh, yeah. It's one of the points that this report makes is these sightings were before the time. So it's like we know that after 1947 that a UFO witness might be afraid to report a sighting for fear of ensuing ridicule and intimidation. So which is why I think this, this report is particularly interesting because these people, they had no idea. These were in the newspapers. They had no idea what basically just it was flying saucers. So people were just talking about the strange things they were seeing. Yeah, it's I don't, there's a lot out there that people have seen. I mean, the whole thing. Okay, so now we're gonna have a way to a, I don't want to say company, whatever they put together. It's not an arm branch branch of the armed services. Whatever we're gonna use to, like you mentioned in the beginning of the show, to oh the do doj yeah, with the, the doj yeah. and the. It's so. What are we gonna? I mean, we can't catch it. We can't. We're probably. We, I don't even know if we can shoot it down because we don't know. We, when you shoot a missile at something, it's either locking onto the exhaust or a tech or a material that we know, or that can simply catch it. I don't know if our missiles can even catch. It they go off so fast. So what do yeah. we? We got this. We're gonna have this agency, and okay, so. What are they gonna come what are they gonna be able to come up with? The only thing that's left is for the agency to say, okay, all the past evidence that we have, we need to take out and examine and figure out what's going on and let the public know. Let the public know that you know what we have. I I mean just I don't I think it's crazy to say they don't have anything, you know. Oh but again, you know. I mean, people saw saucer pieces and aliens. Well, people have been saying that for seventy years that the government has yeah has this but stuff. Has maybe they quick... just maybe they just don't have anything. Maybe it's all you know. We're all just dreaming this. So a couple of weird things happen, and then our as happens, our imagination runs wild. But there's evidence, like you said, the photographs. There's evidence. You know, we got it from, direct from the military with the tic tac thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, years ago, there are no, there all, there's no recent. I mean, Elizondo has said, stated that there is exotic material in yes. our possession. Yes. Yeah, that's all he can say. So, and um, I, and in ancient aliens, they, I like that show. Even though it's kind of wacky. I have um, They had. They found the material. I don't know if I sent you that episode. They, because if I find something that's really relevant, I'll send you. Because there's so many episodes. You know? oh, yeah. Uh, but they met the lady that's always on skin. She was on Skinwalker too, and um, she what? and the the whack the guy with the crazy hair. Oh, they they like interview them about things. Yeah, they talk. Yeah, okay. um, found this material and they analyzed it. And it it was exotic. Well, they were in Roswell, so they go to Roswell at the crash site, and they got a metal detector, which is what I'd like to do, but I doubt we'll do that. Um, and uh, they found these small pieces because the military snatched up as what they yeah. could find. Oh, so they they're and s- carted it away. But they found this a couple of small, not big, probably one inch pieces of the material. And they're layered. Uh, the materials layered. Um, so I don't. It's it's a metal. It's not it's not an unknown metal, but it's the way it was manufactured. They said was unusual, especially being found in that field okay um, okay so they found a couple pieces of wire they had everything analyzed nothing was definitive this is from flying song but it's was it was exotic material and it was a it was a great episode that they you know were able to have these pieces and you know i thought it was interesting hmm you know we're, but again okay we got some pieces of garbage and we've yeah. got stories and you know i just wish they'd okay yeah they're this is what we're seeing yeah but none of the none of the air the spacecraft that lazar stated that he saw of the five blues was four or five at s4 
were Tic Tacs. Um, they were all just various different flying saucers. Yeah, I mean, and and the um, yeah. the flying saucer that I was just talking about that those people saw in Oregon that had that good photograph. That's like a classic flying saucer that could fit yeah. um, Lazar's image. I'm looking at some of these these looking through this report, and they got appendages, antennas, legs, propellers, and tails. And there's one that the guy saw a propeller on the bottom. Um, yeah, that probably is some weird experiment. Yeah, that sounded interesting. And this guy, but speaking of tic tacs, and July 4th, Los Angeles, California, Herman V. Freed, aircraft inspector, living in, think of his address, described no. seeing, so yeah, it's I'm old news, old, oh, yeah, yeah, 70 years later, I'm sure he's still there. It might be. Uh, described seeing an object shaped like a lima bean fly over Elysian Park at 8.30 p.m. PST. Estimated altitude 5,000 5, feet. You don't know that. Uh, see, it appeared to be two jet pipes sticking out of the rear edge of the object with vapor trails. Leading yeah. edge appeared transparent. Could have been a cockpit. Freeze worked as an aircraft inspector. Should certainly issue ensure his being able to tell a conventional craft from a non-conventional. Visual artist. Someone for this... Uh, Civil Aeronautics Administration, which is now the FAA, made a sketch of it. He had in his pocket an antenna-like appendage sticking out of the bottom. Oh, that's interesting. Stick-like appendage, like a radio antenna. So, anyway, um, I'm trying to. I was just looking through this again. I was looking for that San Leandro report by the San Leandro Police Department because you know we we know that area we grew up around there yeah and that guy you just talked to said he had seen something but that was 20 years later and yeah, that uh, was in the 60s torpedo shaped or cylindrical shaped cone shaped objects propeller shaped objects that would be interesting v-wing satellite I guess I just missed it. I must have missed it. It's, I've, Palmdale, California. They got one from Sacramento, July 9th at 47, and for a period of 20 minutes beginning at 1.45 PST. Oh, This here. is Savina yeah. Rosetta with her son, Dimpsey. Dimpsey. And several neighborhood children watched a shiny disc-shaped object maneuver overhead. When I first saw it over Southside Place, it was moving north at about 1,000 feet up, Mrs. Rosetta reported. Then it started to spiral up until I could hardly see it. After making a circular ascent, the disc leveled off and resumed its northerly flight. Mrs. Rosetta and the children finally lost sight of it at 2.05. Well, you know, Sacramento had, they had Mather Air Base and McClellan. I mean, there was new, they had B-52s down here, so I'm sure we had, you know, um, bombs. Yeah. You know, oh, people. thermal nuclear bombs. And that's the theory that they're worried about. Oh. What are we going to do with the planet? That was in uh, the, the NDAA. One of the things is they wanted specific reports on UAPs around nuclear facilities, weapons storage, yeah. silos, power plants. That was interesting, too. Yeah. yeah, as well they should. I mean, that seems to be what they're going for. I mean, the the I don't know what they're doing. The USOs, the undersea UFOs, you know, down there. Under, undersea objects. I don't know what they're, undersea objects, and they're down in Southern California by Catalina. And those are, you know, they say, you know, there's a heavy activity down there underneath the ocean here's so, and we were not real good about exploring down there either hey um speaking of usos here's a uh, case 158 july 2nd 1947 san francisco california sergeant david minari of the state highway patrol was driving on the golden gate bridge from lombard street approach shortly after 215 pst when he and a passenger Walter Castro saw six small objects plummet down past the bridge and into the bay. Oh, wow. 
They were close together, about a foot apart. They were silver and shiny, about as big as a football, but shaped round like a basketball. Straight down, couldn't estimate how fast, they fell into the bay east of the bridge. This is, this is, this is when you could probably stop on the bridge and get out and look. Oh, was that the Bay Bridge? I didn't care. Was that the Bay uh, Bridge? It's Golden Gate. Golden well, Gate east, Bridge. The Golden Gate runs north to south. So, yeah, it would be the east side would be... The ocean side. Uh, the, uh, oh, wait, the Bay side. Well, that'd be, no, it'd be the Alcatraz side. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's... that. It. I mean, yeah, probably in the in the Bay when we were there. Uh, um it's, commenting well this is 1947 but, yeah he says this presidio Ar army major steve moore monroe brushed off brushed the siding off i can see the same thing right now he told oh flip it over oh that works reporters friday the 4th of july in case you've forgotten some of the boys are down on the waterfront trying out fireworks okay but as far as sergeant Minari said the con Concerned, he and Castro saw Fallen Bay were no fireworks. Yeah, I'm just looking at this other... Yeah, I found the San one. Leandro one. I was just looking... Ah, this thing's... And McDonald, what's interesting is uh, Dr. McDonald did follow-up on these reports in the 60s. I'm just looking at his reports. Um, San Leandro, members of the San Leandro Police Department. July 5th, 1947, had seen a disc circle over the city at 7 p.m. PSD after they had received approximately 15 calls about the object. Officer Bill Williams, S.D. Capitola, and Tony Gomez said the disc-like object approached from the west and circled over the area for half an hour. Capitola said it appeared to be between 5,000 and 10,000 feet high, white speck about the size of a dollar, he said the object appear, disappeared to the south. Most of the San Leandro police officers on duty saw it, as well as members of the fire department. Police in Oakland received five calls from people who said they had seen the object. All right, so we're at uh, we're coming up on an hour. This report, I think we can spend I don't know, more time looking this over. Well, we'll have more time to look this over. This report is just it's, oh yeah, uh, these cases. I want to. Yeah. Read some of uh, Dr. McDonald's follow-ups on these cases. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, but 1947 was a big a UFO event that started the whole thing, it freaked the government out, which caused a clamp down on secrecy. The this is also the Project Saucer, I think, came out of these sightings, and the people that originally wrote the first Project Saucer report to the Pentagon said they thought they were um, space aliens. Oh, and really? It, yeah, they said that the they thought the UFOs were extraterrestrial. They thought it was a big deal. It went up the chain of command to Vander, Vanderbilt? Who's uh, Vander, Vanderberg? To the chief of Van uh, Vanderberg, chief of the Air Force. And Vanderberg looked at it and said, no. 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 Sorry, that's that can't be true. And, and it all kind of depends on if you believe yourself. Yeah, how you're going to be looking at this. And the report was right. destroyed back, back in the six back in the sixties. You can't, you couldn't like this guy said when I talked to him last week. He goes, "You don't." He they swore each other to secrecy. They wouldn't tell anybody. Ended up looking like crackpots. Yeah, and then yeah. people just don't read. There's probably a lot more of these sightings. People are like I'm not telling anybody. They're going to be crazy. Well, the 1947 sightings is where they, um, where this began, and this report talks about that, where people they're making fun of people. They started the newspaper started making fun of people, and that brought about the um, reluctance, the beginning of the reluctance of people to report these things. And then you had the yeah. um, the CIA had that special the Roberts Committee, which formulated the official government policy uh, to re-educate the public on on ufos this report also says that the cia has was was heavily involved in the ufo stuff even in the 60s well and a lot of these people like with the destruction of nicap in 1970 and uh, some other things that happened they're saying that the cia was involved in that yeah 
All right. All right. Wrap it up. Yep. I'm going to sign off for the next month. I'll see you in January. See us in January. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at alienprobe.net. Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. And thanks, Dr. Bill, for joining us again. Yes. Great episode. Appreciate it. We'll see you in January. See you in a while. Bye-bye.